The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We will be prepared to use the turn off the taps legislation. A province cannot try to punish another province. This is Alberta NBC, friends or foes, live and simulcast on 630 Chad and 980 CKNW. Here's Linda Steele and Jay Lynn Nye. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to Alberta and BC, friends or foes. As you heard, a live simulcast on 630 Chad here in Edmonton and 980 CKNW in Vancouver. I'm Jalen Nye, joined by my friend Linda Steele in Vancouver. Hi, Linda. Hello, and hello to everybody in Edmonton and Alberta listening. We're really happy to be doing this. This is going to be a great chance for, um, you know, the folks in BC and the folks here in Alberta to voice their thoughts on the tensions between the the provinces and our... Linda, maybe we're making too much out of this. Maybe the tensions have been fueled by elections and politicians. And I'm sometimes wondering if we are actually at that much of a loggerhead. Well, you know what? Uh, remember that a majority of British Columbians said they support that pipeline, but a lot of people have concerns about the environment. I don't know about you, but my phone board is full. <laughs> 604-280-9898. We are streaming this live on 630 Ched and CKNW's Facebook pages. Why don't you take us away with the first call? All right. Jim uh, from Red Deer is on the phone this afternoon. Hi, Jim. What's on your mind? Well, I got a couple points. First of all, it's not anything to do with the environment. Uh, let's think about this for a minute. If, if, if there was to do with the environment, where are all the protesters protesting the sewage being uh, dumped into the ocean, the dirty uh, coal ships leaving the ports, the new pipeline that was either complete or not uh, finished yet between uh, the airport and Washington, and all the cruise ships that come in, do they think they paddle their way in, in there? <laughs> so it's got nothing to do with environment. And really, if, if you want to know what the pipeline, and the first spill that happens on the train, you can just think of Quebec. So, I mean, either they're with us, or I'll gladly go online to turn that tap off. There's Jim in Red Deer. Jim, appreciate that. You know, we hear that a lot, Linda, people saying, okay, what about uh, what about uh, all the, oil, the, the the ships that are out there already? What mm-hmm. about, what about, what about? And then we hear about these envir- uh, environmentalists. And sometimes, and I think we just saw a tweet that came into both of us actually saying that oftentimes it's a small group of protesters. And of course, there's people out there obviously very worried about the environment, but is it as big as we think? Well, I would just like to say this. There are people in this province who are deeply concerned about the environment any risk of a spill. They don't want to take it. But there are also a whole lot of people who acknowledge that the economy is energy resource based Mm -hmm. and that we probably have to let this pipeline go through. We have a lot of callers here. So we're going to go to Peter in Vancouver. But you're from Alberta. So this is perfect. What did you want to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, being in Alberta, I have lots of friends that work in the fossil fuel industry, um, but now I live in Vancouver, and, and to me, this pipeline is about climate change. Um, an increase of the, the tar sands that would uh, uh, go from 13 to, megat- to 15 megatons a year extra, at the same time as BC is doing all this work to combat it, you know, we're declaring climate emergencies, we're doubling down on our emissions reductions, while Alberta has elected somebody that plans to scrap their climate plan, and so, um, you know, it's frustrating for us to be uh, to be taking these actions in our lives, driving to work, uh, choosing to heat our house with hydro instead of uh, natural gas, and then 
to have this one industry that's the biggest source of pollution in Canada continuing to grow. All right. Well, thank you for that call, Peter. I do know there's a lot of frustration around that. However, there's also hundreds of thousands of jobs, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 900,000 jobs in Canada. So nearly a million Canadians dependent on the energy industry for their employment. Yeah. And don't forget, uh, you know, the amount of money that, um, you know, we talk about to Alberta being the economic engine for, for the country and of how the whole country benefits when it is chugging along at a fast pace. And mm-hmm. we have people left, right, and center out here, Linda, as you know, you, you've heard it as well, that don't have a job anymore. Uh, tens yeah. of thousands of people without a job. And I'm getting texts coming in saying, you know, to that, working in the food bank, and we're seeing it over and over again. The number here is 780-496-0063. Would love to have some folks from Alberta, from the Edmonton region, on my phone lines right now, getting lots of texts at 630-630. All right, do you want me to take another call Absolutely. here? Absolutely. Let's go to Mark in Langley. Oh, you're going to apologize for the NDP. Tell us why. First of all, I'd like to apologize to the people of Alberta for our Crusty the Clown Premier. He was being held up by two slime green seats and he didn't even win the election here. He was The, the Governor General gave her the okay. Um, I'm embarrassed as a British Columbian and I'd love to go to Alberta and turn off the taps myself for them. Oh my goodness. That's some tough talk. All right. Thanks for that, Mark. Uh, you know what? There, we should also let people know that when we have pipeline protests, there are thousands of people. Just last Friday, we had thousands of kids from all over Metro Vancouver who left class on a climate strike. And it is younger people in particular in this province who are very concerned about climate change. Yeah. And you know, we, we've heard, we've heard that uh, a lot as well. And I think the last time we did one of these, uh, Linda, we, we we heard from some of those folks as well. Again, at the end of the day, out here in Alberta, what we're seeing is is jobs. We're seeing uh, an oil patch that has that has slowed right down, and and we're seeing and reminded all the time about. And I'm going to say it again about the economic engine of this country. Um, that when Alberta is thriving and when Alberta is doing well, the rest of the country is doing well as well. And and I think one of the things that we need to realize this is. This war of words that's been going back and forth between the premiers, uh, then Premier Notley, Premier Horgan, now Premier Premier Kenny as well. I mean, those are that was a lot of you know poking the bear and stoking the fires again to right. you know to to appeal Posturing. to an election to 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 a base in an election. And really, I think a lot of folks are starting to realize that we need to be looking at the federal government saying, "Hey, you guys are the ones that have the power here. Get on it or don't do it. Make a bloody decision." Exactly. I'm getting some of your callers as well here. So I'm going to take one from Rory in Edmonton. Hey, Rory, what did you want to say? Well, I just was sort of my point, um, just like the last guy. We get frustrated here. Uh, I talked to people around the legislature with the new change of government and talked to some of the UCP people and even some of the old NDP people that are backing the pipeline. We're frustrated that only three people are given the budget of four MLAs, uh, Dr. Weaver, and then he can hold up the entire process. And and 300,000 people in oil. Well, don't give Dr. Weaver that much. Divorces. Rory, don't give Dr. Weaver that much power. Uh, he, it is yeah. a bromance, uh, but he doesn't, you know, he may hold the balance of power is what they say, but John Horgan's yeah. government is doing what they want to do with some advice yeah. from the Greens. So yeah. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't pin this strictly on the Greens. But thank you no. so much for that call, Rory. Do you have any calls coming in on your end there? Yeah, sure do. Uh, all of a sudden, the, the, uh, the uh, phone board is packed. Hi, George, what's on your mind? Well, a whole bunch of things, but uh, I try to stick and be as uh, quick as possible. First of all, I think we should build a refinery up at McMurray. 
And then when we do sell the gas, refined gasoline to BC, it should be discounted because I hope to be friends with BC because mm-hmm. most of Alberta vacations in BC. And also, too, uh, there's going to be a few people in that tanker ban, uh, northern tip of B.C., uh, to the U.S. border there. Uh, just a ban on there. What about the East Coast and all that? So it's all a big mess, but I think we should be more friends with B.C., and hopefully B.C. will allow us to put that pipeline in because they will see the benefit at the pumps, too. Thank yeah. you. George, you know thanks what? for the call. Great call. And here's the thing. I mean, we're neighboring provinces. We do have to get along. At the end of the day, wouldn't it be nice if all of Canada was forced to use Alberta's energy first before it exported or imported from any other country? That would go a long way to solving the problem, too. It sure would, Linda. It sure it sure would. <laughs> right? um, I think we need to take a break. Lots of calls parked here. Yeah. You know, I'm Linda Steele from 980 CKNW in Vancouver along with my very good friend Jalen Nye from 630 Chet in Edmonton. You are listening to Alberta and BC Friends or Foes. Stay on the phone line. We'll be right back to take more of your calls. This is Alberta and BC Friends or Foes. Live and simulcast on 630 Chet and 980CKNW. Once again, here's Linda Steele and Jay Lynn Nye. Well, good afternoon, Alberta. You're listening to a live simulcast, Alberta NBC. Friends or foes, and Jay Lynn and I are opening the phone lines in both Vancouver and Edmonton so you can hear each other's thoughts on the pipeline, the political rhetoric. <laughs> I have a full phone board, but if you want to get in, 604-280-9898. And of course, the phone number here is 780-496-0063, my text line uh, lighting up as well. You know what, Linda, just a, just a quick question for you before we get to the phone lines. And yeah. I'm wondering about what you're hearing from some of the listeners, and we can ask them as well about, you know, some of the, the, the foot stamping, the, the flag waving I mentioned about, uh, you know, uh, Premier-elect Kenny, now Premier Kenny, uh, during the election saying he was going to come in and he's going to turn off the taps right away. Mm. And then day two kind of tempered that message. How did that play? Oh, you know what? The gas prices here are crazy high, <laughs> like about a buck seventy. Edmontonians would fall over and die yeah. with surprise if they saw their prices at the pumps that high. It is crushing a lot of people in Metro yeah. Vancouver who just can barely afford the high cost of living here. Yeah. So there's that thinking, oh my God, please don't turn off the yeah. tubs. We're going to be dead here. On the other hand, there are some people saying, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> I hope gas goes up to two fifty oh, a liter because we're worried about climate change and yeah. that's what we're trying to do is get people out of their cars. Well, we're so we're s- hearing two things. Yeah, we're, we're sitting at $1.18 right now, just so you know. Just I'm just giving you a little friendly raspberry from BC. I know, I googled it. was a buck seventy-five <laughs> there today. You know what? Chris is on the phone. Hi, Chris. Hi, good afternoon, Jay Lynn. Linda, how are you doing? Hi there, very good. What's on your mind? Okay, so I, I just, first of all, I want to say that I love British Columbia. I love the people there. I love the people across our whole country. I think that we're all fantastic. The challenge is I think that we've been pushed to have a manufactured conflict on a red herring. And the reason why I say that is, first of all, people keep talking about climate change and things. I'm not a climate change denier, but I am going to tell you that we still do need oil production on the planet. We can't just turn it off today and call it a day. Alberta has the most stringent environmental policies for how we produce and how we hold people accountable for the production of this out of any place on the planet. Now, 
whenever there's anything like this is going on, I always have to say, follow the money. And you, you look at all these climate groups that are setting up here that are protesting. The money for those protests are coming from people in the United States that are benefiting, first of all, because the only place that we can sell our oil currently is if we pipe it down the, the pipe down to the Gulf. Mm-hmm. And then all they have to do is take it unload either our, our bitumen, refine it, put it onto a boat, and they're instantly making an extra 20 dollars $30, $40, depending on what the disparity is between the, the cost of crude from Alberta and what they can sell it on world prices. That's a lot of, of money. We're talking billions upon billions of dollars. Yeah, yep, so if I had right. to, to take you know a 10% delta of that and invest it in some environmental groups to come up here and propose tanker bans, um, that's that's cheap marketing for me, in all honesty. It's securing my financial viability as a as an American that owns these uh, these refineries, and of course, you know everyone's championing that cause. But we also have to take it one step further. You look at why doesn't Canada have Alberta Energy going across Canada? You know, everyone sits there and shakes their head and says, geez, you know, that just makes sense. It does. But again, look at the bigger picture. Right now you have it where you have SNC-Lavalin and everything that they're doing a tremendous amount of business with Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia buying our labs, again, our Canadian Armed Forces labs, and also Bombardier and things like that. So there's a lot of, of business from Quebec that's happening in other areas of the world. And in order for them to, to horse trade for that business, we end up then in send, uh, saying, okay, we're going to take Saudi Arabia oil then, and we're going to bring that back. So, again, it, it's a red herring. I, I love everybody in Canada. I think, you know, people on the East Coast, Central Canada, West Coast, we're all good people. We all love our kids. We all want the best for the environment. But we have to wake up to the bigger picture that this really isn't about, you know, banning tankers on the West Coast because, right. you know, the rest of the world still has tankers going everywhere. If we can do it environmentally responsibly, which we have proven that we can. Okay. Let's look at the bigger picture. Let's Great follow comment. the money. Thanks, thanks and for order- the call, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah, we got a ton of people who want to get in. I'm going to go to Suzanne and Burnaby. You're a member of the Green Party. What did you want to I say? I am indeed. Well, first of all, this whole business about the tankers and, and bitumen, uh, my husband's a petroleum engineer, and he says, he knows, he says the bitumen's got to stay in the ground. He says it's the dirtiest stuff, and if it spills, you cannot clean it up. Now, those tanks are right by our place, and they're very aging, they're very old, they're not very you know, good anymore. They need to be rebuilt. And if they build a bunch more, well, how is that going to affect all the environment all around there? There's lots of neighborhoods around there. Something happens, what's going to happen to them? Would you rather see the bitumen travel by rail? Whoa, yes, this is what I would rather do. Now, this is something that I saw in the newspaper a few months ago, and I thought this was wonderful, and I don't know why they're doing it, why they're not doing it. Okay, so they apparently are able to make bitumen into great big, huge pucks, which uh, they right. on Suzanne, the train. hang on for a second. I'm going to yes. let, um, thank you, and I appreciate that. I'm going to let you go. That's an idea that I don't believe is actually put into practice. They would have to build the facility, but it's a good idea. There's been a lot of talk about it, and I know out here the Alberta Party had talked uh, about it, Stephen Mandel, former mayor of Edmonton, and uh, the leader of the Alberta Party had talked about it as well, looking at different ways to to get it moving in, in different forms and po- potentially safer ways, Linda, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it would float. Yeah, there's also a pitch for a BC refinery in Kitimat that would do just that, take these bitumen pellets, then refine the product and uh, ship it out, out of Kitimat. Yeah, exactly. Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, one of your callers mentioned tar sands, and uh, you can just heads imagine, exploding. heads are exploding over here on this side. <laughs> On this side of the of the yeah. Rocky Mountains, my I friend. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, you yeah. want to take another call there? Yeah, sure. Vance is on the phone. Hey, Vance. Hi, Jay. Okay. You? Hi, Vance. Uh, I would like to know if uh, anybody could put out a list of all the products that uh, require fossil fuels 
Um, just to educate everybody. Mm-hmm. You can't just idea. shut it off like the last guy was saying there. We can't just shut it off. We don't have enough alternatives yet. And the other thing is I'd like to see anybody who is illegally protesting charged with a criminal offense. That would stop some of the U.S. protesters from crossing our border and stirring the pot. Well, in fact, they have been arresting protesters here. uh, And the protesters have actually done a little bit of jail time as well. So that is happening. Uh, All right. I'm going to take a call here. Jack in Surrey, you're a chemical engineer. What did you want to add to the conversation? Oh, hi, Linda. Yeah, I would just go to bring, uh, bring up that uh, I do a lot of work in Alberta, and then it's a wonderful province. I think we should have a common sense and a balanced approach to tell this bitch for the next 15 to 20 years. After that, it's going to be uh, phased out anyway. So we don't want our bitchman to be left in the ground. No. We, we might as well make money when we have an opportunity to do so, and everybody else should sacrifice a bit for the because you can't uh, do, turn this thing overnight it's going to take some time mm-hmm. there has to be transition so, uh, so let's take uh, 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 that let's take a whale of that opportunity and make it a win-win all right thanks for that jack and Jalen, that's what i'm hearing too is that there's a lot of people saying this is going to be a transition toward 20 years before we could maybe fully be off our you know dependence on fossil fuels exactly so some people think oh we got to turn this off tomorrow that's not possible no and, and we certainly don't want to leave that money in the ground right now listen i'm Jalen nye on 630 chat along with linda Steele over at 980 cknw in vancouver you're listening to alberta and bc friends or foes stick around We'll be right back. We will be prepared to use the turn off the taps legislation. A province cannot try to punish another province. This is Alberta NBC, friends or foes, live and simulcast on 630 Chad and 980 CKNW. Here's Linda Steele and Jay Lynn Nye. Well, good afternoon. It's uh, Jalen Nye at 630 Chad in Edmonton. My friend Linda Steele, 980 CKNW in Vancouver. We're talking Alberta and BC, friends or foes. Uh, Linda, the time is just flying by. And uh, just a couple of things. You know, I just uh, got a Facebook message and it said, you know what, Jay? Uh, Northern BC thrives on the oil and gas industry too, although we oft- were often forgotten. We work closely with Alberta and have been affected by the protests and politics as well. We need each other. I love that message. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you know what? We are live streaming this on CKNW and 630 Chad's Facebook pages. And if you want to get in on the conversation, we got a pretty phone full phone full phone board here in Vancouver, 604-280-9898. Do you want me to take a call here first? Absolutely. All right. Let's go to Charlotte in Vancouver. What did you want to say to Edmonton? Hey there. Um, I just wanted to say to everyone, it's a little frustrating here, these comments coming in, because no one's addressing the elephant in the room, which is that we have 11 years to transition, cut emissions in half. So, yeah, short-term jobs are important, but I would say what's more important is the future on this planet. And 11, um, 11 years? Now, what's 11 years? Uh, the UN report, the IPCC oh, okay. report came out, which said we have to cut emissions by half in 11 years. Mm-hmm. You don't build a pipeline for 15 years. You build it for 50 years. And um, we have 11 million species facing extinction today. Mother Nature does not negotiate. She does not care what supports our economy and where our jobs come from. She just sets limits and gives 
crazy, devastating consequences if we cross those limits. Yeah, Charlotte, thank you so much for that call. And Jalen, I don't know about you, but whenever we talk about climate change and concerns, <laughs> we get a lot of people who say, you know what, uh, I don't even think it's man-made. I think it's a bit of hashtag fake news. <laughs> so there's a, a lot of debate over how serious climate change really is, how many people who actually think it is a life and death situation and others who say, convince me I'm not there yet. Yeah, you know, and I, and I see that a lot every day as well on, on my text line and on my phone calls. Uh, there's there's uh, there's the, the firm believers, there's firm deniers, and there's a lot of folks in the middle, middle that are still wanting more information. And it does, you know, I guess it, with this topic, Linda, oftentimes it's it's like drinking water through a fire hose, right? Mm. You just, it's coming at you so fast and so furious. You're like, how much can I take in at one time? Dean's been holding now for a very long time. Hi, Dean. Hey, Dean. Hey, how's it going? Good. What do you want to say to Vancouver? I, I just want to give a little bit of information here. Um, to the people in BC, you guys uh, benefit from coal by the amount of 3.2, 3.3 billion dollars a year. Um, <clears throat> your equivalent carbon footprint to that coal is about 100 million tons of CO2. And uh, most of your dirty coal, your thermal coal, comes from the U.S. It's shipped up to Vancouver and then shipped out on, on ships mm -hmm. on the Vancouver port. So what you're saying is we're kind of hypocrites here a little bit, right? Uh, you know what, Jalen? I think it's true. There is some hypocrisy here because we are consuming a mass amount of gasoline, and that's why our prices are so high, because we have a high demand and a limited supply here in BC. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are caught in the middle saying, I'm not there yet to be able to either afford an electric car or just park <laughs> my car altogether. But at the same time, I do care about my environment. And I want to make sure that we have rules in place to protect the ocean uh, and our environment in well, BC. And I, I think I think all of us want to prevent, uh, protect the environment, Linda. I think we all want to do it. I, I think that there's you know folks out there who are doing a really good job at it. Uh, a lot of us are thinking, oh, you know, we'll, we'll get there someday. You know, you talk about single-use plastics and all that sort of stuff. We'll get there. I, I wonder sometimes if if those talking the talk or walking the walk. Indeed, and I know that a lot of people seem to think, oh, you people in Lotus Land. You're just living in fantasy world. Well, Sharon, in Burnaby, you want the pipeline. I do. I live within a mile of the existing pipeline in Burnaby, and as I said, there's been no problem with it. I'm with Alberta. I want this pipeline built. There's lots of us in B.C. Unfortunately, we're frustrated by our government, by the environmentalists and the indigenous peoples. We're just so frustrated because we want it built. We want our government, Canada, to stand up and say this is going to get built, but unfortunately it's being held up in the court right now. But I just wanted to say to the people of Alberta that you know, the people out here are a bunch of hypocrites because there is that coal being exported from the United States. Right. And I do think the big money from the United States is behind a lot of these environmentalists. Mm. And for Charlotte in Vancouver, Canada contributes 0.002% of the world's pollution and one little itty-bitty piece of the real estate, which is Vancouver, mm. is not going to make one 
excuse my language, goddamn bit of difference. (laughs) And I think that this one extra tanker a day, Uh which is going to be piloted out of the harbor by the harbor master, and all the ferries and all the other boats that go back and forth is not going to make any difference at all. Let's get this pipeline built. Thank you so much, Sharon. There are a lot of people in BC who feel that way. There are a lot of other people saying, I don't want to take any risk at all. And when you look at our, our Premier, John Horgan, he's saying no to your fossil fuels, but yes to BC's fossil fuels mm-hmm. with this big LNG production mm-hmm. that's supposed to open up in Kitimat. So there is, again, a little hypocrisy on that side. But people say natural gas, not as dirty as uh, oil. Well, yeah, mean? and then we get talking about what should be going through that pipeline. And, you know, if BC can say or the government, the federal government say, OK, we can put natural gas out there. We can do different kind of fuel, get rid of the bitumen. You know, it's just, you know, who's who's controlling what? I have to say this just uh, following that last phone call. Uh, federal uh, Natural Resources Minister Amarjeet Sohi was um, at a at a presentation in Calgary today and again mm-hmm. saying that the goal is still for Cabinet to make a decision on Trans Mountain um, by June 18th. So that's oh, the day that we're looking at. And there was a number of uh, reports over the past couple of days saying uh, it looks like that it's, it's likely to proceed. And Larry is on the phone. Hey, Larry. Hi, how are you? Good. What do you want to say? <laughs> Hi, Larry. Listen, I deliver oil field supplies. I'm in the middle of the bush right now. I'll just cross the Brazo Dam, and I'm going to Spirit River tomorrow. Hey, we need a pipeline. There's, there's how many thousands of people, but it's $10 billion a year we lose, you know? Yeah, like there's a lot of money on money, the table. got to make some money. Yeah. Thanks, Larry. All right. We got a ton of people here. Josh in Vancouver, you want to talk about climate change. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to point out there's the, there's the debate on climate change. It's not a debate. The science is settled. So there's people that there's there's science and then there's people that are wrong. Now, this isn't to say whether we should or shouldn't have the pipeline. It's just pointing out when you're talking to about climate change, the science says this is happening. People saying, oh, I don't know. There's. Wrong. Yeah, and you know what, Josh? Thanks, thanks for pointing that out. I would just like to point out that when I get people calling in to talk about climate change, they say, I don't care about the science. I think the scientists are bought off. Then we have other people saying it's the oil companies that are buying off the people who want the pipeline. There's a lot of conspiracy theories going on, Jalen. Yeah, and I just have to say, uh, Sharon, uh, there's a lot of texts coming in right now that say, hashtag I'm with Sharon. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of people calling in. And you know what? I just call. got an email from Don who said, we've had to borrow against our house so that our daughter and three children who live in Alberta would have no place to live because no one in the household has been able to get a steady job. Well, in this one, we talk about, uh, you know, friends or foes, Alberta and BC. This text just came in and said, you know what, Jay, foes in general, my relatives living there for years have talked about how BCers look down on Albertans even before the pipelines. They think they're superior and we're rednecks, which obviously is not true. And he goes on to say, iconic since BC would be worse off without wealthy Albertans spending their I visit my relatives but spend as little money as possible while in BC and I don't go on any other vacations there. You know what? I've heard that as well Mm -hmm. from people saying I'm not going to give any of my tourism money to BC and I would like us to get a little closer together. That's why we're doing this. 604-280-9898 is the number in Vancouver. What's the number in Edmonton? It is 780-496-0063. All right. uh, Very quickly, let's go to Bob in Langley. What did you want to say, Bob? Hey, guys. A lot of good callers, a lot of good stuff covered, but one main thing is the word climate change. And then you hear people say it's been settled, but nobody ever references which reports, which professors, which academic references they're utilizing, because there isn't really anything that's 
been published that's definitive and accepted by everybody, but everybody just keeps saying it. So that's point one. Ask your callers to ask what source they're citing. Okay, well, the source that we can all cite is the United Nations that put out a report just a couple of days ago, signed by all the world's top scientists and environmental organizations, saying we're in some pretty desperate uh, trouble here if we don't act quickly. So, Linda, so perfect point. That was my next point, is that if you truly believed, as all the world leaders, that the world was coming to an end in 11 years, would they not be doing something about this? Maybe banning coal, maybe... What would they... That's, no country's doing anything. Well, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily true, but I hear you, Bob, and thank you for the call. We're going to pause on this note. I'm Linda Steele from 980 CKNW in Vancouver, along with my colleague and good friend Jalen Nye from 630 Chet in Edmonton. We're getting great phone calls this afternoon. Keep them coming. Our simulcast Alberta and BC friends or foes continues right after this. I know what I'm talking Once again, here's Linda Steele and Jay Lynn Nye. All right, welcome back. We have a loaded phone board here in Vancouver, and this is an opportunity for people in Vancouver and Edmonton to get to hear each other's thoughts on pipelines and politics. And Jalen, you've got a full phone board too, so let's get to it. I sure do. Greg uh, is adamant that we need a pipeline. Hi, Greg. Hey, how's it going? Good, thank hey, you. Greg. I just want to shout out to Richmond. I love Richmond. My mom's from Richmond. I have <laughs> great things to say about Richmond. You married a farmer, sadly, but nice. Um, I'm very pro. Uh, I'm 28. I'm very pro, but uh, we got to realize there are more sectors than just oil and gas that are getting affected by no pipeline. As I stated, my mom married a farmer. Mm. Right now, our my parents farm they're affected huge amount you know they're paying their overhead is way too high for fuel for for everything right now mm-hmm. and it's not just the oil sector we're yeah we're hurting i'm i'm actually trucking right now and you know or do you guys want more trucks and i'm going against what i do for a living i'm a truck driver I uh, got 10 years experience out on the highway and do you want more trucks on the highways? I sure don't. Do you want more railroad, rail traffic? You, uh, I sit behind rail traffic shops, <laughs> you know, two miles long. Yeah. You know, welcome to Edmonton, Greg. <laughs> yeah, Greg, thank you. Greg, thanks for the phone call. You know, what's interesting, Linda, um, we did uh, some, just before the provincial election, we took the show on the road a few times, and, you know, my colleague Ryan Jesperson was uh, out in Drayton Valley, which is, uh, again, right, kind of an, an oil company. And, you know, when Greg's talking about other sectors that depend on oil as well, you know, I think people tend to forget about things like, you know, restaurants and, and hotels and car dealerships, all of that sort of stuff in towns like Drayton right. Valley that depend on it that are just absolutely struggling right now. Yeah, it is a trickle-down effect. By the way, we are live streaming this discussion on CKW and 630 Chad's Facebook pages as well. Glenn in Maple Ridge, you say Alberta should diversify. Yeah, hey, uh, I, I love Albertans. You guys are great. I, love, I will <laughs> run into you guys up in the Okanagan all the time. You guys are great. I'm in favor of the pipeline, but Albertans really started to better start thinking about diversification because uh, the run of oil is going to come to an end. Well, it ain't the- coming to an end tomorrow. But I'm telling you right now, you better diversify. The young people uh, that are coming up that are in high school are starting to take to the street, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to get nothing but worse. Two guys, get the 
pipeline going. Let's get some work going. But you guys better start pushing for some diversification. Well, and, and, there, and there has been, that. yeah, there has been a lot of talk about diversification over the past number of years. We've been seeing more and more push for the realization that we have to do this, and we're seeing it in some communities. Absolutely, but we also need to realize that diversification. You can't, uh, you know, click your your ruby slippers right. together and it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. take, it takes a while. Uh, you know what? Uh, Don is on the phone this afternoon. Hi, Don. Hi. Go. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I just wanted to bring up that Vancouver Island has been shipping their raw sewage in the Pacific Ocean forever. Yeah, and they're stopping that. They're building a sewage treatment plant now. Did you hear that, Don? To, pardon me? Did you hear what Linda just said? Yes, they've done that, and they're going to stop doing it because they have uh, plans in place to get a sewage treatment. But you're right, they've been pumping it in the ocean for a long time. And that goes back to that when we talk about uh, hypocrisy, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little and bit all earlier. The coal. All right, uh, you done with that caller? I am, yep. Let's go to Bob in Chilliwack. Hey, Bob, what do you want to say on this? Uh, two things. I'll talk premiers. First of all, uh, my experience with Mr. Kenny, from what I've seen of him, he doesn't do rhetoric. When he makes a statement, he usually follows through, and he did exactly what he said. He, he enacted that bill, which is what he promised to do. And, and beyond that, he was flexible on that. He made a joke about uh, Vancouver wanting to be uh, uh, carbon-free a little earlier. So, <laughs> right. so, so he doesn't do rhetoric. He speaks. Um, I'd like to take you back to uh, Premier Lougheed. He knew there'd be days like these, and he tried to put in place and, and extend a few warnings out into the future that uh, the deposit you guys are dealing with mm-hmm. was a temporary condition. Mm-hmm. So he knew a good long time ago that these days were coming. And it seems funny that every time a plan gets hatched, if you will, to take the bitumen question off the table, make it safer, or if you will, to use this resource up in Canada where we need it as we wean ourselves off it. it it's, is it industry that keeps on putting the brakes on that, I wonder, or others? Because yeah. it every time a solution comes up, somebody puts a brake. Oh, thanks for that, Bob. Well, part of it is that if a solution is another refinery, we're talking billions of dollars and again you can't collect the ruby slippers yep. so a lot of these solutions quote unquote are not ones that remove the pain instantly yeah absolutely ken's been holding uh ken out in lamont can you work uh in the in the oil field yes i'm actually the first to get it from uh, where it comes out of the ground into the pipeline or the tanks or the trucks or whatever mm-hmm. and uh to give you the heads up uh regarding uh oil tanks and stuff like that they are inspected on a sour site yearly, and on a sweet site, which is no sour gas or oil, is every three to five years. And to get everybody's hopes up, I just passed a train carrying about 12 cars of, uh, of a pipe heading west. Mm. How do you interpret that? So keep that? our fingers crossed, but yeah, lots <laughs> no. of family. My daughter lives in Vancouver, loves D.C., and 80% of the people there are for the pipeline. But it's the ones who are heard that are heard. So Thanks for the call. Thank you. Do. I take care. Thank, Thank you very you. much. I don't think the number is as high as 80%. However, there is a majority. Let's go to Scott in Burnaby. Uh, you want to talk about shipping oil by rail? Yeah, yeah, Linda. I've worked for over 10 years in the port right now. And one of the big uh, uh, hindrances they have for doing business is they're competing over rail uh uh, ability to uh, ship their products from the prairies to uh, rail. Mm-hmm. You have grain, you have containers, mm-hmm. and now you're going to pile bitumen onto that? It ain't going to work. Uh, CN and CP can't uh, 
they don't have enough uh, tr- uh, rail cars and lines to handle all that extra traffic. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Well, that's why Rachel Notley was saying she was going to purchase more rail cars, right? Yeah, that's right. And Jason Kenney saying that he was going to scrap it as soon as he got as soon as he got in. Uh, Dan out in Sherwood Park. Um, Dan, you believe in pipelines? Yeah, I, I just think it's the safest way to get oil to tide water, and that benefits Alberta, which also benefits Canada benefits bc and it's also the best way to get oil uh which is good for the environment so i think everybody benefits if you get the pipelines going and i think most of us in alberta we're not against bc we're just against the current uh, bc government thank you for the call dan appreciate that and it's going to be interesting to see what happens here over the next uh, over the next few new, next few weeks you know B- bill 12 has been kind of put on on hold right now linda mm-hmm. we're waiting for that decision we're, we're hoping to hear it june 18th uh you know one way or another whatever side you are on this um and you know there was talk about whether or not it could be held until after uh, the election be used during the election campaign but june 18th right now seeming to be decision day yeah, plus we'll also see what happens with this uh, the Senate's discussions around exactly. the, the yeah. tanker ban, etc. Joseph in Vancouver, make your point quickly because we are running out of time. Hi, am I on? Yep, go yep. ahead. Hi, I just wanted to say I'm one of those people who doesn't support the pipeline. I just don't believe that it's going to save the oil sands industry. I believe that existing infrastructure should be exploited while it's there. I don't believe in the threat of tankers, of uh, trains derailments because... Quite frankly, I don't think rail has the capacity to support an Asian export market from BC's coast anyways. Right. Um, and I really don't believe that, that uh, the this pipeline is going to really make a significant difference. Don't I mean, let's face answer. it, it's 2% of Canadian GDP, the oil sands right now. Okay, and Joseph, dwindling amount. i got to let it go at that. I would like to say thank you to all of the callers in both BC and Alberta mm-hmm. for keeping it civil today. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Uh, you know, tip of the hat to everyone. And Linda, always great working with you. I hope that we can do this again sometime. Me too. It's <laughs> a little bucket list item to do more stuff with Jalen and I at 630 Chat. There you go. Uh, you've been listening to Alberta and BC friends or foes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for keeping it civil. Thank you for engaging on the phone line and on the text line. It's been great to hear your voices from both provinces for the past 60 minutes. For Linda Steele, I'm Jalen Nye. Thanks for listening. The news is up next.